It's time for Cyclone Insider. From the Des Moines Register and 1460 KXNO, Des Moines Sports Station. Welcome to Cyclone Insider here on 1460 KXNO. Chris, of course, is down in Kansas City tackling Big 12 Basketball Media Days, and we uh, have weighed in with Chris most of the week here. He'll be back tomorrow to give us all the final details. You'll get some of that wrap-up from Randy Peterson, who's usually a part of this program here on KXNO. But since he's gone and Chris is gone, it's me, Ross Peterson, and Heather Burnside from The Morning Rush. What's up, Heather? Thanks for coming back. What's up, Ross? Remember that one time we worked together? (laughs) We worked together a lot. It was a Tuesday, I think. (laughs) And, of course, Tommy Birch is your resident cyclone expert here. What's up, Birchie? Not much. How about you? Not a whole lot, man. Good to see you. I haven't uh, been on with you in a little while, so this is going to be kind of fun. A fun week for me to be here. A bad week for Chris to be gone, though. Yeah, I mean, I don't think we're on a shortage of topics. It's a, uh, it's been a busy, busy week so far, and it's only Tuesday. Yeah, let's start with the topic of Tommy Birch as Cyclone protagonist. Yes, absolutely. The topic is the topic, so it's not even necessarily right. that we're going to get into the topic. We just want to talk about the fact that the topic <laughs> is a topic, Tommy. <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, I mean, you know, it's been a weird uh, forty-eight hours. I would say. Even more, just because it all stemmed with the Kirk Herbstreit tweets. I mean, I, I think now, if you're an Iowa State football fan, you saw what Kirk Herbstreit tweeted during Iowa State's game Saturday, saying Iowa State fans should enjoy Matt, Matt Campbell while they have him. And Heather and I were talking about this before. Herbstreit not only owned up to that tweet, but he doubled down and tripled down and you know, kept to that point that Matt Campbell is gone. He, to Heather's defense, Heather, you were you and uh, Andy Garman were the first two people that I saw of any, I, I mean, obviously local media, but you were the first two at all that I saw fire back at this and say, hey, clarify this a little bit. Or you know, I think you even asked. Hey, I asked, can I, see, can I see your sources on yeah. this? Because that's pretty strong language to use if this is just your opinion. He actually basically said he's what I, gone. In one of his tweets. And I have been defending this for two mornings now, so yeah. I can only imagine what Jamie Pollard might think about me right about now because we keep flogging this issue. But it is an issue that won't go away. And and Tommy and I were talking about this. It's a, it's a topic that we didn't think maybe we were going to be addressing in the middle of season two, right. but that was going to come up eventually about how long Matt Campbell is for Iowa State. Um, the success so far this year has rushed this discussion along a little bit, and then Kirk Herbstreet basically... Lit the fire. Yes. And I think unnecessarily so. I honestly feel like that is his opinion couched in what looks like a fact. He Like that he's tweeting a fact. And I, in that regard, do think that it's irresponsible. I'm not going to go so far as to say that what Kirk Herbstreet did hurt recruiting or is hurting the program. (laughs) I know what coaches go through. I mean, stuff like that every day when they're in a recruit's living room. I'm sure that even from the beginning, Matt Campbell's had to answer questions about how long he is for this program because it's not traditionally been a place that anybody's going to stay for a really long time. It's not a destination job. So I'm not worried about that from that regard. But I am a little upset at Kirk Street for forcing this issue seemingly with no inside information or facts about what happened. I would also say it's also not our job to worry about how it's affecting uh, recruiting when we – when we talk about this type of thing, you know, yeah, it's it not is. your job. It's yeah. a little bit more Ross's job or my job because sure. that's what we're what what we deal in is a yeah. lot, you know, fan reaction to a lot of this stuff. But yeah, 
you're not supposed to be worried about that. If it's out there, it needs to be reported on. Yeah, and it's, it's like you said, one way or another, this was going to be a talking point at some point. I think even from day one, when Matt Campbell walked into Ames, everybody, I, I, I would say a large portion of the Iowa State fan base and people around the football program that have seen it, watched it, and covered the football program uh, was under the impression, hey, this is probably not going to be a destination job for a guy like Matt Campbell. It's a guy that has no ties to the school or the state. It's a it's a school that has lost its most prominent wrestling coach who who went to school there. It's a it's a school that lost its most famed figure in Fred Hoiberg, a player and coach there. And it's it's a school that struggled to to keep football coaches and has struggled to sustain success. So, you know, whether or not you question Matt Campbell's intentions is, you know, in future plans is is a whole other talking point. I think just based off of all that information alone makes it a talking point uh, for for whenever um, at any point almost. Uh, I don't like the topic, Tommy, just because I, <laughs> I don't, don't want to like, go. I don't want to cover a coaching uh, search. <laughs> but to me, this is this is like a little bit like recruiting. I don't care about recruiting, but man, thousands of people do. Millions of people care about recruiting. I don't care if a coach at the end of the season is going is going to be leaving and going on. I don't understand the fascination was getting wrapped up in that, but millions of people are. Thousands of people are wrapped up in this topic. You certainly so understand why it's this topic right now. Because 100%. I, not only, uh, I mean, I think what really triggers the conversation is like what Heather said, the amount of success right now Iowa State is having. This is one of the highest points for Iowa State football, what fans are experiencing right now. It's certainly the highest that they've experienced in Maybe the last decade. I mean, the Oklahoma State game was was a pinnacle moment for uh, for the program in terms of that one night. But Iowa State was not able to capitalize and build off of it. What they are doing now is is bigger than one game, one moment, and it's a level of su- success that they are sustaining right now. And um, I, I think that's why the conversation is is, is so prevalent because. Iowa State fans are having a level of success with this football program. They haven't in a while. They know why it is. It's because of Matt Campbell, and they they don't want it to end now. I think, okay, so I want to get to Jamie Pollard's response last night, but I think I get it a little bit better right now. Um, Because, Tommy, I think I'm a little bit more in Jamie Pollard's – side of this argument and we'll see where i'd love to get heather's response on this but it sounds to me you use great i mean you look at kale look at fred look at the history of the football program this is going to be a topic eventually and it, it just got accelerated because of kirk Herbstreit. i i'm a little bit more in jamie pollard's boat on this where why is it an inevitable conversation i remember when it was inevitable that kirk ferentz was going to leave and go to the nfl it was just going to happen and now you've got a guy that's the longest tenured college football coach on the planet. Uh, and I think if I'm – I look at this as why not? Why why can't you keep Matt Campbell? History, I would say history dictates that you aren't able to. And yeah. until a change in that history happens, that's all you have to fall back and if on I'm right Paul, now. I'm, just, I'm, I'm hoping I'm that guy that is changing that history right now. And you, you're hoping that you're in the middle of that. I mean, Heather, I know you're – 
You're I was just Iowa making State that fan. argument off the air that why not at Iowa State? You're in a Power Five conference. Um, it, it, outside of I think I believe the first year of the college football playoff, um, uh, the Big Twelve is. It's not like the Big Twelve has ever been left out of the college football playoff discussion when they have a team that's that's there. Iowa State has proven they can beat Oklahoma. They've proven they can beat Texas. Those are your two big school power schools. You know, I guess we're going to have another big, uh, you know, test coming up this weekend with TCU. Oklahoma State, they've beaten in the past. I, why not at Iowa State? Yeah. And then but got, you're right, so, though. History says that there's going to be ebbs and flows in this program that are a little more ebbing and flowing yeah, right. than you would like to <laughs> right. see. The ups and that, downs can be a little more violent. Right, that, that, and yeah. that Dan McCarney, uh, you know, successful in terms of, uh, you know, success at Iowa State, a successful coach, but his ebbs were getting to the point where it was intolerable. You don't win any games. You win one or two games. That's not going to cut it when you're trying to compete at a Power 5 school. Mm. Um, but is Matt Campbell building a different program? It would, you know, you talked about recruiting. One reason why I don't get into recruiting is when you're <laughs> gathering players, who would have thought that Kyle Kemp would be the big get? Exactly. exactly. Right. You look at him How on much- paper, you're like, okay, I guess he'll be there if everyone else can't play quarterback. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And right. yet it turns out that, you know, that was one of the finds. Can you imagine where Iowa State would be if they hadn't gotten Kyle yeah, Kemp? Yeah, I mean, that pretty much sums up this Iowa State football team, too, where it's just an entire team of kind of underrated uh, unsung heroes, you know, Kyle Kemp. Trevor Ryan's a guy, now granted that was a Paul Rhodes guy, it's a guy that walked on, didn't have a scholarship, is now one of the most important pieces to that puzzle. You, you've you got offensive linemen who, um, you know, have, have risen up the depth chart and gone from virtually nothing to, to being stars. You've got, uh, including one offensive lineman who was a defensive lineman last year. You've got Joel Lanning, who was supposed to be, this star quarterback, this this gunslinger, who now is is playing linebacker at Iowa State. So, from that aspect, yeah, it's um, I, you know I understand why um, why fans don't want to get involved with recruiting, but this is a whole other level. Well, this is when it, okay. you know this is re- the tough thing when it comes to recruiting is you know you look at you know you, so many people that, that I talk to when when signing day happens are like you know what. Talk to me in two years. That's when I'm going to know if that's a signing class. That's a good signing class and with a head and, coach. And honestly, I feel like that's my, my my take on this. But again, I get it. I get why so many people are wrapped up. But it. with a head coach, I think you see that as more of an immediate impact right, right now that um, – you're a, a massive change in direction to things. So, Tommy, I didn't know that uh, that Randy had written a piece yesterday. I didn't write. I didn't read it. And I'm listening last night as I'm driving home to the Cyclone Coaches Call-In Show with John, and he's got Jamie Pollard on, and Jamie starts to talk about how he's really disappointed in local media. He feels like local media, and I don't want to paraphrase. Or I'm going to paraphrase, but I don't want to take it out of, or, or misrepresent what Jamie said. He was disappointed in local media at first. His comment started off with it. And how national much, media. And how much of a topic this had become, which that kind of was interesting to me. That he, But then he specifically pointed out the register. He said, I was really disappointed in what the register wrote today. What happened yesterday that, w- that, that Jamie was disappointed in? Well, you know, I can't, I can't speak on behalf of Jamie Pollard, but I can make assumptions. You know, uh, part of that probably, you know, does stem from the idea that it is this, this giant talking point. You know, Randy uh, wrote a really good column at DesMoinsRegister.com, basically 
uh, echoing a lot of the things that Kirk Herbstreit said. Now, Kirk Herbstreit wrote that, hey, Matt Campbell was gone. Randy was a little bit more tamed in the aspect that, hey, enjoy him all you can. You know, this this is not a destination job for Matt Campbell. At some point, he is going to pack his bags and leaves. And in all reality, that is how most college football jobs do win. You either get fired or or you go off to, to greener pastures. So it's not a far-fetched topic. But I think the idea is tough for a lot of fans to to get behind that would be so soon. I think a lot of people knew in the back of their mind this was going to be a, a topic of conversation. I said from day one, when Matt Campbell got hired, I was like, man, if Iowa State got five years out of him, that's a success. And I think a lot of fans and probably a lot of people around Iowa State are probably thinking like, okay, um, man, five years would be great. But now, after one and a half seasons, we're already having that conversation. And it's like Heather said, Kirk Herbstreit opened the door for, for this conversation to, to take place. And now we're all having it. You know, Randy, uh, wrote about what Kirk Herbstreit tweeted and Randy reacted to it. Monday was our first chance to talk to Matt Campbell. I know you guys had him on your show. After he got done with this press conference, I, I went back uh, in a side hallway and asked him a few questions about I, I love the response topics. we got from him. What did he what did he Pretty, say? You, he gave me a lot of the same response where he said, hey, look, I, you know, I find it offensive that people don't think we can do great things at a, at a Power 5 school like Iowa State, that we can't have success. Um, and he said, look, I came here to build a program. And right now we're we're still we haven't even laid the foundation right now. So we said all the right things, and you know I asked him point blank. I said, "What would you say to Iowa State football fans that are worried you're going to leave soon?" And he said, "You don't have anything to worry about." So I guess part of that also dep- you know depends on what his definition of soon is. Maybe that's a week. Maybe that's a year. Maybe that's five years. But you know, for for the most part, I think that's. Um, Matt Campbell said all the right things, but I think Pollard is upset that it it is this giant talking point. But here's my thing, my last thing on this. If Kirk Herbstreit had said or tweeted something about Alan Lazard rapidly rising up draft boards, possibly being uh, you know, a, a first round draft pick. And then we started asking Campbell and we started asking Alan Lazard about these things and we retweeted what Kirk Herbstreit said. Nobody would be pissed off about that. Everybody would be like, that's Kirk Herbstreit. He's a college football expert. He's an analyst. He knows what he's talking about. But because it is something sensitive that hurts, uh, you know, uh, you know, probably uh, for lack of a better phrase, pisses in a lot of people's Cheerios right now. No, they're interrupting it's, their ability to just enjoy this, un- exactly. you know, without worry that he's going to leave. Yeah, I I was a little. Did I actually see people asking if you were going to apologize for your reporting? <laughs> yeah, what? Yeah. Yeah, I, I, that what, happened on Twitter. <clears throat> I and I. Come on, guys. Come it's on. Pointing, it's pointing. You have to ask that question. Yeah, and you know, for the most part, and. You know, uh, the reaction that Campbell had for you guys, too. You know, I, I, I think there's a part of him that doesn't understand why it's a talking point, but then again does. And, you know, he he's a guy, 
I'll say this from knowing Matt Campbell and the experiences I've had with him, he really does tune out that outside noise. Now, having said that, he was well aware of the Kirk Herb Street tweet. I thought for sure when I asked him, I had it pulled up on my phone. I was going to be like, okay, well, this is what he said. <laughs> I'm going to read it to you. He was well aware of it, but for the most part, Campbell does an amazing job of ignoring that outside noise. And I think for the most part, he doesn't pay attention to what people are saying on Twitter. He doesn't pay a great amount of attention to what we're writing about and what you guys are talking about on air. He is oh, oh, so... Campbell, Campbell listens to us every night. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Every and night. I, Downloads I mean, I the ass- podcast. I think he listens a couple times. Right, I think he does that instead of watching game film. Yeah, yeah I think he yeah. has it on in the background while he's listening, while so, he's watching game so film. So that, to me, that's another thing that kind of, uh, I think fans are getting too wrapped up in and is, yeah. oh my God, this is a giant distraction. How can they prepare for TCU? You know, they just prepared for a game at Oklahoma with their starting quarterback taking a leave from the team. They're starting one of their starting linebackers hurt. They went there and won that game. Then they ignored all the distractions that came with that and beat one of the worst Power Five football teams in the nation. So I think. If we know one thing about Iowa State, they don't pay attention to what we're reporting, writing, and saying. They can tune it all out. If there's one thing that I'm not worried about, it's what Matt Campbell is saying or doing, (laughs) whether it's to his players or to the recruits. Because like I said, I have to assume that he hears the noise about and has to combat the whole he's not going to be there very long He's had to do that from almost day one because of his age and because of the potential that he'd already shown at Toledo. I'm not really that worried about it. I was more upset at Kirk Herbstreet for even (laughs) making me talk about it. (laughs) Thanks, Kirk. I'm with you, Heather. I'm with you. And I I actually, I I looked back and I realized I'd had a few barley pops watching the game. (laughs) Um, And I realized that I I had dropped several profanities that I rarely, if ever, use. Like, Two times in a row over that. That's over how the, much it upset me. Over it's the a, Herb Street thing, not over, obviously over the game. I had said, I think uh, Texas Tech fans have collectively said, blank this, we're not watching anymore, we're leaving. Yeah. And then I follow that up with, blank you, seriously, to Kirk Herb Street. Wow, Heather, I don't remember do you, that. Do you think, I know. has Kirk uh, blocked you on Twitter? I don't know, I don't think so. <laughs> I I. I'm still seeing his tweets, so I guess not, <laughs> now that I think about it. You've got level four I was clearance. able to go back and comb through all of his tweets. And by the way, in an entire week of talking about college football, I didn't see a tweet that said anything as definitively as his tweet to Andy Garman about enjoy him while you can. He's gone. So thanks a lot. I do. I, I just I understand why Pollard and Campbell, and I think – Campbell's response to this on our show was just perfect. Then it sounds to me like a guy that grew up a Cyclone fan and always wants to be and wanted to be a Cyclone. I know that's not the case, I, and I maybe he always wants to be, but he certainly didn't grow up a Cyclone fan. Yeah, I but would to ser- have that attitude of this doesn't have to be the way the way it's always been isn't the way it always has to be, and that's why I'm here is to change the way it's always been. I thought that was the perfect response. Yeah, and and what he said about the whole rebuild process, I would caution Iowa State fans. I, I know what he said, but you know he said some pretty similar things when he was at Toledo yeah. and right before he bolted to Iowa State. There's a lot of wiggle room um, for Matt Campbell whenever – 
you know, if he does one day decide to leave. I will Iowa again, State. this is our uh, like minute by minute disclaimer, though, that <laughs> Toledo is not Iowa State. Toledo is not a power five school. You're not going to get to a national title game at Toledo. That's fair. I yeah, keep that's... saying to myself, though, why not at Iowa State at yeah. some point Heather, in the future? Uh, you absolutely should have that attitude. This is not a Mac school. It's this amazing. Is, it, I will. Sorry to cut no, you off. Fine, it's, fine, it's amazing to think uh, that we are having this conversation because, the, like you said, Heather, those are now fair questions asked. I think before, um, I would say before the Texas Tech win, that's not a conversation I was willing to have because yeah, you've got Iowa State that beat Oklahoma. We've seen Oklahoma. We've seen Iowa State beat some. Uh, not many, but we've seen them. Capital. Pull off some big upsets. Yeah, we've seen them pull off an upset, and then we've seen them fall back to uh, fall back to earth a little bit. They didn't do that against uh, against Kansas. So you know, it's like I saw that big win. I saw them continue on uh, against a, a really bad Kansas team. To me, the true test of whether or not this was a legitimate football team that may be able to to compete in the Big Twelve came with that win at Texas Tech. Now I suddenly think. This is an Iowa State team. They may not win every game left on their schedule. I don't think they will. But I do believe they there there is no reason to believe that they are not going to be in every game from here on out. And you're going right. to a bowl game. I mean, you're going to win one of these remaining games. You're going to a bowl game, Iowa State. You would think so. And cool. it's amazing to see how far it's come because I think after that Texas game, everybody left Iowa State for dead. And here's the important thing. After they beat Oklahoma, I don't think anybody in that locker room thinks that there's any team they can't beat. Absolutely and they shouldn't. Right. Yep. That makes a big Very difference funny. to a program, too. I know it kind of Matt Campbell's big thing, and you know Kirk Ferentz has kind of uh, used this as a talking point with the Hawkeyes before, so any Hawkeye fans that hear this can just settle down. I, I know that. <laughs> Matt Campbell has kind of used that um, – that comparison of you know pushing that rock and getting some momentum and the Oklahoma uh, game kind of got the ball rolling. The Kansas game started pushing it. Now it is just full blown, uh, you know, picking up momentum going downhill after that Texas Tech game. Big one coming up this weekend, man, and this could uh, affect a lot of that momentum. Number four, Texas Christian coming to town. But first, we have to talk about that Texas Tech game. We'll go through the Texas Tech game. Talk about Montgomery and Kempt and that defense. We'll give our grades for offense, defense, and special teams. We'll look ahead to TCU, and if we have time, we'll talk about Big 12 basketball media days. Heather Burnside's in studio with us. Tommy Birch from the Des Moines Register at Cyclone Insider on 1460 KXNO. It's Cyclone Insider from the Des Moines Register and 1460 KXNO. Welcome back to Cyclone Insider here on 1460 KXNO. Again, I'm Ross Peterson with Chris uh, being down in Kansas City, getting you through your hour of Cyclone Conversation with the Register's Tommy Birch. And instead of Randy Peterson, we make a big upgrade to Heather Burnside from the Morning Rush. Love me some Pete, but it's good to have you in studio, Heather. I'm hoping maybe I'm a little better visual for you, Ross. <laughs> well, I don't know. Well, nobody's yeah. going to doubt that <laughs> at all. Uh, uh, Tommy, we'll get into our review of uh, of Texas Tech here and then maybe go to our grades. Does that sound like the, the usual format Let's here? Let's do it, yeah. All right, Texas Tech, uh, big win for Iowa State. David Montgomery, another very impressive game. I thought Chris said it best yesterday. You know, we, I'm obviously watching the Hawkeye game, and we're kind of flipping back and forth. I'm getting watching the box score, but I'm doing the game cast thing with Iowa State. So I'm not watching every play with Iowa State. It seemed like David Montgomery was having a pretty good game. 
I had no idea he totaled 164 yards on the ground until that game was over and you look at the box score and go, wow, this dude had a game. I will say the stats are maybe a little misleading because okay. he had that bi he had a big run in the second half and then a big bulk of the yardage came really late in the game after the Marcel Spears okay, so pick it wasn't, six. That wasn't just my perception that he maybe... No, okay. no. Yeah, Ross, yeah. I watched the game from start to finish and knew that he was having a solid game but didn't know that he was closer to 200 than 100 right. yards Right, okay, rushing. I'm glad to hear you guys say yes. that. Yeah, I, I, think he, I think he was more or less kind of the closer of that game. I think Iowa State, once the pick six happened, that just, I think Texas Tech kind of checked out after that. Man, they've had a tendency to do that against the Cyclones the last couple of years. How has Matt Campbell done this? Twenty-three. We even asked him this yesterday. He's given up twenty-three points to Texas Tech over two years. Yeah, last year has to be the most um, uh, the most bamboozling because you've got Patrick Mahomes and and granted, that offense he, was scoring sixty a game. Yeah, I mean, there there's no reason for them to kind of come in there and lay an egg. And now Cliff Kingsbury's seat is already kind of hot you lose to iowa state two years in a row you know at home like that people are going to be pissed off you know there are a lot of people it's still um even after what iowa state did at oklahoma that kind of look at them kind of in that same echelon as as kansas like you just don't lose to iowa state in football they may not. Well, they be better sick. start getting used to it. Yeah, I think people definitely <laughs> will be now. That's I'm for here as to long say. as Campbell's here. <laughs> um, one of the most impressive things for me offensively was after Kemp threw that pick six. I was sitting there, th or not pick six, but it was basically yeah. a pick six. It set him up first and goal at the seven, I want to say. But I was sitting there thinking, it's not, you know, when you fall down, it's how you pick yourself back up. And I kept, and I thought, man. In other teams, you'd see it, you know, you, you make a mistake like that and it's like snowballing in the other direction. It's all bad or, you know, the wind's taken out of their sails. The way they pick themselves back up after an early give me was something else, too. Well, and the big thing when it came to that, it's like you said, usually in the past we've seen Iowa State get kicked in the face and they can't get back up. They got back up and then they delivered a big blow to Texas Tech with Kyle Kemp's next drive. The big thing with Kyle Kemp is that was he's made some little mistakes here and there, but for the most part, he's done a really good job of managing the game. That was the first. Now, I, I you know, it, it was a mistake. It was kind of a fluke where, you know, a Texas Tech guy just happened to be in the right place, even though I don't think he was totally in the right place. But it was the first time that Kyle Kemp had truly made uh, a mistake that cost um, this Iowa State football team. So I, I think a lot of us just didn't know how he was going to react to that situation, and he did well. Hey, two thumbs up. Yeah. He reacted well. No doubt about that. That's yeah. a kid that can get thrown into the deep end and just swim with everybody else. After the interception, Tommy, 22 of 31, uh, 192, three touchdowns. On the game for a kid that was a backup quarterback his entire well I shouldn't say his entire life his entire college career and now uh, taking his first couple snaps against Oklahoma Kansas and on the road at Texas Tech he's Very three impressive. three and zero oh as a starter it's not this easy Kyle right right <laughs> and has a chance to go to four and zero oh with uh, wins over three at once ranked teams I mean, that's, that's a qualifier insane there, but, you know Texas Tech was ranked at one point let's get a little bit of be credit. against two top five two teams top five teams are ranked at the time you beat them if he does <laughs> exactly that. Right. like Heather I'm, I'm kind of wondering like when Kyle Kemp first comes in 
uh, when he knocks off Oklahoma. After that, like, what was your realistic expectation for Kyle Tommy, Kemp I have, moving forward? I have expectations for this team going forward <laughs> later on in the program. If you can let us get to it. Jeez. So, Heather, keep that in mind about your expectations for this team going forward. I was thinking Kyle Kemp in general. I mean, We did, can do that right yeah, now. That's did fine. You, did you even – I mean, did you think he was going to be 3-0? and I mean – I, I guess I, I thought, didn't, but I, I also thought he'd better be the guy because the more I keep hearing about Jacob Park being missing in action, the more I realize, yeah, he's got to be the guy because unless you want Joel Lanning to – I mean, you can't even afford to move Joel Lanning and you wouldn't want to from linebacker. Yeah. And he can't play both ways, so I'm glad he's turned out to be the guy because, you know, we just had a vo- caller volunteer late last week that they saw – Jacob Park shopping during the Kansas game. And this was on the heels. The reason why the guy called is because Randy had, Randy Pete had said, I was surprised that he wasn't at least in uniform and on the sidelines during the KU game. I kind of understood. I mean, we, we talked about it the other week, but I understand why uh, right now why Jacob Park isn't on the sidelines for Iowa State games because the second something goes wrong with Kyle Kemp or that offense – the cameras are panning to to Jacob Park. The second uh, that uh, that game is over, we're gonna go try to talk to Jacob Park. We may not be able to get to, but we're gonna try. So, uh, on, on that defi- regard, I I get that, but yeah. I don't understand why if you're not on the sidelines and we've covered why, then why you're not laying low. Yeah, you shouldn't be out at a mall where somebody can see you. Right. Is my <laughs> point. You should be at home watching the game from there and supporting your teammates. So in that regard, I'm really glad that Kyle Kemp has turned out to be the guy that wins his first three games of quarterback. Yeah, you can't be hanging out at a cycle shop all day. No, you right. yeah, or yeah, or going to the mall, whatever room, looking at we, yeah. gold chains. Right, uh, Tommy. I want to get to the defense also, but let's uh, let's do that because the defense continues to exceed all expectations. And again, we'll talk about expectations for this team before we get to TCU. But let's go through your grades. I know that's something you and Randy and Chris usually do here on the program. Uh, and let's start with offense, since we just spent the last couple minutes talking about Montgomery and Kyle Kemp. What grade do you give the offense from Texas Tech? Uh, I'd give them a B minus, just because okay. look, they were they were good early on, but they didn't score in the second half, and the offense left the door open for Texas Tech to win that Ooh, football game. I like game. what Tommy does there. If okay. it wasn't if it wasn't for Marcel Spears' pick six, I don't know if that offense had enough uh, gas in the in the tank to. To keep that engine, uh, mm. you know, roaring, they were re- they were really stumbling. The pick six won the game. Uh, I agree. That was the dagger. Yeah. And for that reason, and I know maybe I'm hurrying this along, but I You're give fine. the defense an A. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah defense. Unbelievable been a- performance. Tommy's a little bit more harsh on the offense than I would have been, Heather, because I would have gone B on the def- on the offense, borderline B plus. Because I, Tommy, you still put enough points up in that first half to win the game. Absolutely, and, yeah. and the pick six helps a bunch. But even without it, you're up twenty four thirteen. Texas Tech even scores there. You're still holding on to a lead. Uh, you did what you had to do. Montgomery was his yards after contact are just ridiculous. We've I mean, got a guy that can't be brought <laughs> down and is going for hundred thirty yards after dudes hit him. I have no problem with you bleeding out the clock with a lead by handing him the ball and yeah. letting him do that. He's the perfect guy to have in that situation. But I'm with Heather on the defense. Uh, the defense gets an A from me, and maybe I'm. looping a couple of games together here, but this team, this defense has exceeded every expectation. You, Chris, Randy, Heather, every Iowa State friend that I have thought that this defense could be good. 
Nobody thought this defense was going to be on the verge of being a – I mean, they're really good. They're on the verge of being a great defense. Yeah, and, you know, the the biggest question marks surrounding this team were all on defense. The defensive line was massively inexperienced. You had guys that were either freshmen playing their first games or junior college guys that had never played a Power 5 game. And then the linebacker core had question marks you had, too. You where had your quarterback playing linebacker? Yeah, yeah. The secondary was the the one area where you're like, oh, Iowa State's going to be fine. But if those front guys are giving up ten yards and those those secondary guys are having to make all the tackles, it doesn't matter who the hell is back there. Right. And that's that's all irrelevant. They've yeah, they've exceeded so many expectations. Think about this: that Willie Harvey and Joel Lanning, linebackers, fourteen tackles each against a Texas Tech team that should have been doing nothing but throwing and, and testing the D-backs all day. To me, that was the most confusing part of what Texas Tech did is, I understand you want to solidify the run. I understand the run has played a big part of your offense at times this season, but it was very evident early on it wasn't working. Why steer away from <laughs> what butters your bread and, hey, I'm not going to argue. I love the game plan. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's why people were on Cliff Kingsbury's butt big time. All right, special teams is really difficult. Yeah, I think they played okay. Well, I mean, you don't get any kick returns. Yeah, I you think, get zero punt returns. I give them a C because um, um, Colin Downing had an okay game. Um, Four punts, he averaged 47 and a half yards along of 52. So they're yep. all right in that range. Yeah. And, um, but you did, and, and Chris Francis did a good job with kickoffs. And I will say, uh, Landon Akers probably deserves some credit just because he's not returning those kicks. You know, at some point, when you're a kid that's not, that's your only job and you're not getting to, you know, you're catching balls in the end zone. I, at some point, I'm just going to be like, screw it. I'm going to return one <laughs> late in the game when we've got done. I'm going to do it. This is my one chance to shine. He's showing. Mama's watching. <laughs> yeah. Mama's watching on TV. I, I got to do this. I got I, I got my moment here. Um, and then, you know, it, it was a tough field goal for, for Garrett Owens, but he missed that. So uh, special teams, I think, just has such a high standard where – if you gave them an overall letter grade for the season, it'd be an A, and they didn't reach that. Okay, okay. So the C is just a way to. Uh, it's kind of a curve. It, it's kind of a way to uh, light a fire under your A student. <laughs> yes, because exactly. Because it's, it's definitely not a C performance. I, mean, I, I think. I was going to say, I'm giving it a B just from punts alone. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Colin Downing going out there with. Yeah. Those are booming punts. There, are, there was one big punt that, uh, that Downing had a chance to boom inside the 20 and just about did. And, um, that, that almost was a big momentum shifter for Iowa State. Yeah. So. Can't um, give him an A because you didn't get, uh, any of those punts inside the 20. Can't give him an A because you missed a field goal. But, a boy, I think a B suffices. I see what you're doing over there, Teach. <laughs> I like it. Uh, let's look ahead to TCU. And I asked you this before, right before we went on the air. This is the toughest opponent Iowa City – or uh, I'm sorry. This is the toughest opponent Iowa State has seen in Ames since when? Wow. You know, when you asked me that, I've been, I've been trying to figure it out. You know, Does it go back to Oklahoma State? Yeah. I mean, just because you look at that game and one – how highly ranked they are to the bowl game is on the line. Um, I, that was a Thursday night game. That that was a giant opportunity, and I think even even if Iowa State wouldn't have seized it, I think everybody recognized what a big chance Good it point. was. 
Heather, uh, this TCU team is really talented. Have you had much of a chance to look at this team yet? No, I've been busy talking about Kirk Herbstreit for the last two days. So All right, let then, me get back to you on that. Then let's talk about <laughs> expectations going forward, okay? Because you have three ranked teams coming up right now sitting at 5-2 and two on the season. What are your expectations for this Cyclone football team? Win out. <laughs> okay. I like that. I mean, I'm a Hawkeye fan that wants 14-0 and at the beginning of every year. I'm Just, trying to get Tommy out of the hole he's in with Jamie Pollard right now, so we're going to win out. When you say win out, I'm assuming that means the Big Ten or Big 12 championship game and then the two BCS championship game. Yeah, the game. college football playoff. Why <laughs> not Iowa State? Hashtag why not Iowa State. I like it. <laughs> Except there is, you know, they already have two losses. Hard to get out of gonna that. It's going to be tough, but yeah. they came early. <laughs> Um, Tommy, what do you see when you look at this TCU team? Um, what is it that jumps out at you with them? A uh, ton of speed. Yeah. They're, I mean, Campbell talked about yesterday. He called it elite speed, but they've got speed everywhere. Offense, defense, they're a great defensive team that's um, getting stops in the pass game, the run game, and then special teams. They've, they can do it all there. So there's really not a phase of football that you look at TCU and say, oh, that's an area we can exploit. It's going to have to be the same game plan it's been the uh, the last few weeks during this uh, run of success for Iowa State in terms of keep the football, get the football when TCU's got it, and don't shoot yourself in the foot. Don't get penalties. Don't cough up the football, yep. and you're going to be in this game. Yep, Darius Anderson, Kenny Hill, they uh they're athletic dudes, man. Very fast. They're gonna that's the one thing they're gonna bring that Oklahoma matches up with them athletically. Yeah. So and you you had a great game plan coming in for that. Those are the guys that you're trying to gear up for this week. When we get back and let's wrap up uh, trying to figure out what Randy and Chris have been doing. They've been vacationing down in Kansas City the last couple of days. Hopefully got to work a little bit today. We'll talk to Tommy about uh, what we expect to have uh, coming out of Kansas City, maybe what Pete's headline will be. And really, quite frankly, Tommy, tell me who these guys are because I don't know this Iowa State basketball team at all. And I know there's even some people with a lot of Cyclone clothes in the closet that uh, are, are wondering exactly who's going to be bringing the ball up and who's going to be scoring points for the Cyclones. Tommy's going to tell you all of that. Heather's going to be here for great reactions, and I'm here just to keep the ship off the rocks. It's Cyclone Insider on 1460 KXNO. It's Cyclone Insider from the Des Moines Register and 1460 KXNO. Wrapping up Cyclone Insider here on 1460 KXNO. Heather Burnside sitting with us for a few more minutes. Now you got some errands to run or something, man. You've already put in your uh, 9, 10, 12, 14 hours, whatever you did today. So feel free to take off if this you This isn't to, work. Okay? You already know this. <laughs> I'm reminded. Oh, what? I get to go in and talk about sports with you and Tommy? Okay, I'll be there. I'm reminded on a daily basis that I don't actually work for a living, Heather. <laughs> so it's, uh, thanks again. I've but, heard. Yeah. The, the women in my life are very grounding. It's a wonderful thing to have. Tommy Birch, tell us what uh, we need to know about this Cyclone basketball team. I want to talk about the Big 12 and maybe Iowa State's position in this Big 12. But first of all, introduce me to these guys. Who Who's going to be playing for Steve Prohm this year? I, I don't know. I mean, a couple, yeah, couple of dudes? They, they don't know. I mean, it'd be helpful if they all had name tags. During media day, <laughs> I was like, who the hell are these guys? William <laughs> said that same thing. He came back. He's like, man, this was odd. Normally, I go in there. I know all these guys. Honestly, I am so glad to hear you say that, Tommy, because... I was thinking I'm just completely not ready for basketball season. And this happened to me last year. You know, the Cubs made the run in the World Series. Yeah. I, I was just distracted. But I'm glad to know that it's not just me being distracted 
why I'm completely lost when looking at this Iowa State basketball team. Quite frankly, Heather, you're in the boat of all Cyclone fans because, like we've talked about for the first 45 minutes of the show, most Cyclone fans And now are, we're being distracted by football. Exactly. And happily most so. Most Cyclone yes. fans are distracted, are wrapped up in football right now, so they don't see This is normally the time of year where we're like, when's basketball <laughs> exactly start? Exactly right. I can't wait. You've memorized the roster already uh-huh. for the basketball That was actually league. two weeks ago, usually. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yeah, so so Tommy, I mean, really, tell me what's uh, who to expect to be leading this team this year. That's the tough thing. You're right now. You're looking at guys like Nick Weiler, Bab, Donovan Jackson, and Solomon Young are going to be the we know the those big names leaders. At least. Okay, and, yeah. Uh, for for guys like Solomon, well, for guys like Weiler, Bab, and Donovan Jackson, that's going to be a huge adjustment because those guys were role players. They were. Hey, when your number is called, do this thing or uh, that thing. It was one or two things, not everything for this Iowa State team. Now they got to fill the voids of Naz Mitterong, uh Monte Morris, and um, Matt Thomas, Deontay Burton, some big-time guys. And you just don't know. You saw what some of those guys could do in spurts, but you don't know if they can transition into that bigger role. Diamond Jackson, I think I – and probably have a lot more faith in just because he's done in the past and he was leaned on a lot more than anybody else. Salmon Young, too. But for the most part, it's a lot of young kids and expectations are, are sky high for Lindell Wigington. It's, it's going to be interesting to see how he lives up to those high hopes. All right, let's go with expectations. Heather, since you don't know these guys, I've seen on some of the uh, some of the national publications, even picking this team to finish tenth in the Big Twelve. So, w- just I think if that's Iowa State, that's fan, exactly where you want to be. As far anything as better than ranking. last place is out, you know, is outperforming expectations, I, especially with an untested and young roster. I think that's exactly where Steve Prohm would probably prefer to be. Than where he was when he started, with you know after Fred Hoiberg left, with yeah. all these sky high expectations, and rightfully so, having a lot of expectations for that team. Um, I think that this is going to be exciting to see what happens. I don't think they're a last place team. Neither do I. I'm not. I don't think they're a tournament team either. Okay, I always have hopes <laughs> until I actually see them play about what they're going to be capable. I of. I think that's. Listen, you're a fan. That uh, your your expectations, Heather, are exactly where I were hoping, where I was hoping they would be. Because I don't think those are unrealistic. They're high, and that's what a fan's hope should be. Fans' hope should be high. I don't think they're unrealistic. Well, you didn't to, you didn't uh, specify which tournament either. <laughs> yeah. I like, see, I like the way Heather plays this game. That's the way to do she it. She totally left the door open for. <laughs> yeah, see, I called it. <laughs> right, they made the NIT just like I said on October twenty fourth. I no, I. <laughs> I honestly, because I don't even have the roster committed and would need name tags in order to figure out who everyone is, I would like a chance to watch them play for a while first before I decide immediately, ooh, you know, last place or definitely uh, possibilities for being a tournament team. Yeah, I mean, that's all tempered, man. I like that. Yeah, and I saw uh, at Big 12 Media Days today, Steve Prohm told the media they had a chance to line up some exhibitions either with – you know, Minnesota, or uh, I think Drake was the second school, and he just wasn't ready to put put his team in that position early on just with so many young guys. So he's certainly going out of his way to temper the, the level of expectations too and to try to ease all these young guys in because 
It's a lot of them. We talked about guys like Kyle Kemp being thrown into the deep end. A lot of these guys are being uh, thrown in there between um, guys like Wigington and guys like Terrence Lewis. Uh, okay, so what is your expectation for the season? What do you think, Cyclone fans? Where do you think they should be? Man. Um, <laughs> See, it's a hard question yeah. to ask when you haven't seen any of them play. I think I think together, not, not last place. You know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, when you look at the when you look at the Big Twelve, seven through ten, how those predictions went down, those are all kind of interchangeable. Yeah. I think Iowa State could finish anywhere uh, around there. I think. If they're in the conversation for the NIT, I think that's that's a good year. That's a good year. They go to the NIT. That's a that's if a you good end year. up on, in a bubble conversation, it's a great year. Great year, yeah. I think the level of expectation is is that low, and it should be right now. But there's so much young talent that uh, by the end of the year, I think you expect them to kind of all be gelling a little bit better and and at least building some momentum to head into next season. Makes sense. Okay, final two minutes here. Uh, give me a prediction on TCU. Oh, wow. Um, I don't know about score, but um, history you're, you're already in the doghouse here, Tommy. Be careful what you do here. History has always told me. You're teeing him up. <laughs> what are you doing? History has always told me to pick against Iowa State, and I will continue to to pick against uh, I would say it's too good of a TCU team, and um, by now the 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 cat's out of the hat with Iowa State. Nobody's taking Iowa State lightly. I don't think Texas Tech did, but they definitely have the full attention of TCU. That's a good way to put it. Uh, you're not you're not sneaking up on anybody. Texas Christian now has all of those three films with Kyle Kemp from the from these three games. They have a much better idea what that offense is going to do. I do think uh, I said this before Texas Tech. Matt Campbell will have something. He'll have something up his sleeve. Those guys will come with a game plan that will shock TCU, and uh, and they'll put up a game. Uh, but but you're right. This is not Texas Tech. TCU does have some different athletes. They are really good at the skill positions. The defense is really fast. Um, I just don't see this being a, a great matchup for this Iowa State team as far as skill on the field. I think you come up a little short here, but it says nothing about the progress of this team. In fact, I think you could TCU is such a good team. I think you could lose this game at home and put up a good enough showing that you might not drop out of the top 25. I think being in the that 25 spot, you'd lose your route. Okay, so, okay. Um, I I would be surprised if Iowa State won. I would not be shocked. That's where we're at now. Fine, I can't be the. I, I'll go ahead and it, say Heather, that Iowa it. State's <laughs> going to win because he can't go out of here with three people saying they're going to lose. No, I'm not just drinking the Kool Aid. I am chugging it. She's making like the Kool Aid over there. Hear it? And it's got some vodka in it. It's delicious. Man, I was going to say two scoops of sugar, but you go with the vodka and the Kool Aid. Sorry, I thought Killer Kool Aid was just like a lot of sugar. I never. You spike your Kool Aid. Burnside. So where is Iowa State going the rankings if they win that game? Mm, it could be fun. Tommy, hopefully next week we get the chance to talk about it. Hopefully next week I'm not here with you. It's Randy Peterson and Chris Williams back. Chris will be back tomorrow for uh, Sports Fanatics. We'll start things up again at 6 a.m. Heather and thanks, Travis guys. will be here for the Morning Rush. Big thanks to Heather Burnside for helping us out through Cyclone Insider here on 1460 KXNO.